sitting on the counter. Man, oh man. Was on sale Holly likes store. it a lot. Yeah, I'm sure he does. <laughs> got cinnamon and sugar inside of it it's only like the best cereal ever created but it actually it's not high in sugar no it's not yeah compared to like the frosted frosted sugar cereals the frosted corn um yeah no it's it's really not that bad but it's freaking delicious but it was out in the corner uh, corner out on the counter this morning and so when i came downstairs to start making coffee i'm just like oh yes i will pour myself some of that I don't usually eat the first thing in the morning when I wake up, but uh, this morning was an exception. I was going to say inception. That's not the right word. (laughs) Exception. I haven't seen that movie in a while. I should go back and watch it. When I have time to watch movies. (sighs) Which isn't now. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. This is life. This is life. Life cinnamon. <laughs> mm-hmm. And with that note. <laughs> with that note, on that note, dang it. Words are hard. Words are really hard this morning. Jeez. Yeah, especially when it's like overcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember... Um, well, I know it affects us a lot. It seems to affect the kids a lot. They usually sleep a lot more when it's overcast, when it looks rainy. I remember one of the pastors on staff at our church had once asked me um, if like, the rainy, overcast weather like energizes me. And I was like, oh, uh, no, not at all. <laughs> like the total opposite. And he was like, oh. Kind of huh, a weird question. You seem like the sort of person. Well, apparently for people who live in, you know, like, Seattle or London or like places that are just like perpetually rainy and overcast like that. And high Um, in the suicide rate. Oh gosh. Well, I wasn't going to bring that up. (laughs) But apparently it it does energize some people. I am not one of those people at all. Um, I have to intentionally like fight against being tired and like, yeah, because otherwise I'll just sit down and be like, I don't want to do anything. That's why you drink coffee. Yeah, exactly. And then that's why there's a lot of coffee drinkers in Seattle. That's like... It makes sense. The birthplace of... Um, birthplace. Connoisseur coffee. What? Seattle's best. What was so funny? And I think Starbucks was started there too. Mm. Pretty sure. But, yeah. They like their coffee. Those Seattleans. Washingtonians? Washingtonians. There you go. Wash, rinse, repeat. I don't know why I said that. Sorry. I don't know what you're talking about this morning. (laughs) Yeah, neither do I. Don't worry. I'm just (laughs) as lost as you. I'm still tired. My belly is full. That probably doesn't help that I ate. Although you'd think the sugar would, you know, give me more energy. Not the case. There's really not that much sugar in it, though. Yeah. You keep saying that, but I can see it. Break open one of those things. There's sugar. Well, it's it's the cinnamon. Yeah. Like no, any, I, yeah, I agree. Any kind of um, cereal that has cinnamon, except for Cinnamon Toast Crunch, okay, that has like a crazy amount of, <laughs> of sugar. Um, But I've noticed that a lot of things that have cinnamon in it don't have as much sugar. Yeah. 
because the cinnamon like brings out the natural sweetness of things. Yep. Like we have a, a big pack of applesauce for all of our those little pouches. And it's like half of it is has cinnamon in it and half of it doesn't. Um, like half the pouches do and half of them don't. And the ones that have the cinnamon in it are actually lower in sugar than the ones that don't. That's awesome. Yeah. Cinnamon is amazing. I like cinnamon a lot. I put it in a lot of things. Yeah. <clears throat> like pretty my oatmeal. Cool it's That's yummy in my oatmeal. Pretty amazing tree bark. That's for sure. What? Isn't is that what cinnamon it is? a bark? I don't know. I'm pretty sure. So. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a bark. Oh, I didn't know that. It's interesting. You should yeah. Google that. Yeah, feel free to lambast me on Twitter if that's not correct. But I'm pretty sure it's a tree bark. Google News. What? I said Google News. Oh, nose. I thought you said Google News. I was like, what? That's not on the news. <laughs> Cinnamon comes from trees. It's a really good news voice, babe. <laughs> This just in. Breaking news. <laughs> Did you know you're eating a tree? Wow. You'll never believe what we found out about cinnamon. Click through on our slideshow. We are struggling this morning, you guys. Struggling. Sorry. Cinnamon is a spice obtained from the inner bark of several tree species from the genus Cinnamomum. The genus? What is a genus? Genus. Kingdom, phylum, class, order, oh, family, genus, species. I've never heard that word before. What? You've never heard that word? No. Yeah. So species is the very specific type. Well, I've heard of species, but right. I've never and heard right the word genus. Right above species is genus. Yeah. I don't know how I memorized this. I guess it's kind of sing-songy, but that's the way that, that um, different... Uh, Life on Earth is categorized. Well, I went to public school, oh, so. Yeah, there you go. Kingdom, so animal kingdom, <laughs> vegetable kingdom. I think mineral, I don't, I don't remember. That's another one. Dang it. Kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. Huh. Yeah. Cinnamon. Heard the word family. Genus cinnamomum. That's where we get cinnamon from. So you can freak people out with a lot of these crazy words that are in this cinnamon wiki. Cinnamomum is the genus, so that's fun to say. Is that a Latin word? Cinnamomum? Uh, I don't know. That's just the name. I mean, probably. Those are generally Latin words, aren't they? Species and... I don't know. I uh, went to public school. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know Latin. I went to public school. Uh, I mean, it's not a Latin word that I learned in school. I took like Four years of Latin. Anyways, um, the other thing is, okay, the aroma and flavor of cinnamon derive from its essential oil and principal component, cinnamaldehyde. That's a fun word. Cinnamaldehyde. <laughs> I'm going to kill you with cinnamaldehyde. <laughs> well, I mean, Sorry, if someone's just... allergic to cinnamon, probably could. Is that a thing? Yeah. A cinnamon allergy? I'm sure it is. Oh, that sucks. I'm allergic to trees, guys. <laughs> that sucks. I mean, I knew people that were allergic to some crazy stuff, like too much sun. Well, I know someone eggs, who's allergic to like the like cinnamon, was it extract? Like the... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the oil. 
cinnamon mm. oil, tree oil. Well, and if Ollie gets like cinnamon on his skin, gets it red. Burns us. If it if it has too much cinnamon in it, if it's just a little bit, it's fine. Dang, that sucks. Poor guy, he's got sensitive. It doesn't bother his mouth or anything like that. It just obviously makes his mouth a little red. Hmm. Oh man, that stinks. Cinnamon is awesome, but he sure does like cinnamon life. He does. Everything comes back to life. And he really likes the cinnamon applesauce. Yeah. Well, awesome. So cinnamon, that's Talking that's about our, our kids and cinnamon. Yeah, that's our segment on cinnamon. You learned something new today. I did. All right. Well, if you want to contact us. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we wanted to start on a lighter note. Cinnamon considering our topic for the day. So, what's our topic? Well, um... In light of the shooting that happened on Sunday, um, I thought it would be good to talk about grieving. Um, Because it's something that we're all going to have to do at some point or have done. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah. Okay. So what happened <laughs> Sunday? Oh. <clears throat> so uh I can't remember his first name. Doesn't matter. Oh, anyway. We don't need to give him any. Uh well his last name was publicity. Kelly. Um he just open fired on a church and was it I keep forgetting the name of the town, Sutherland? Sutherland Springs. Sutherland Springs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Like just outside San Antonio. It's pretty close. Yeah, it's about, us. what, an hour, hour and a half away, probably, yeah. from where we live. Just crazy. Yeah, it's a, it's a little podunk town, so, I mean, everyone knows each other. It's like not a... It's not where you'd imagine this type of thing to happen. Yeah, would, would happen. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go into detail. There are plenty of articles you can look up to know more about the shooter and victims and stuff. But um, yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's rocked everyone's world. Yeah, isn't isn't it the worst mass shooting in Texas? Yeah, history. Mm-hmm. Um, almost thirty, I think twenty six confirmed dead at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over twenty who've been injured. Right. In addition to that, yeah. Um, and this was a small church too, so like, mm-hmm. it, it's a huge chunk of their church. Yeah. That passed away, um, from this shooter who came in on Sunday. That. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a tragedy. And um being human, uh we have lots of complex emotions <laughs> that uh rear their head when something like this happens. Right. Um, and then of course there are thoughts mi- our emotions mix with our thoughts and 
um, takes us to all kinds of different places. Um, you know, I'm appreciating more and more as I, as I kind of study the, um, holistic nature of the human being and how we are complex. Like you can't just take one part of humanity, like your emotions and separate it from everything else. It affects the way you think. Yeah. And you can't separate your logic and and the way that you think, uh, apart from your emotions, um, because the interplay between those is huge and um mm-hmm. it leaves a lot up to mystery you know we live in 2017 and we think we have everything figured out because of science and research and stuff like that and we don't i mean there's so much that's still a mystery to us um why we feel the things we feel you know i i think a lot of it can be explained because of god <laughs> you know yeah. god created us as emotional creatures god created us as um that we are broken and we need god in order to fulfill um the longings of our heart and so i think especially in times like these when we see tragedy um it does cause us to kind of run to something to some sort of stability because we don't have it in our lives from something like this. Yeah. So anyways, even my thoughts are scattered and I'm not, <laughs> and I'm not directly affected. I mean, I don't know anyone. Um, there. Well, were... I mean, yeah, we're not like, we didn't know anyone in the shooting, but I mean, there are brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. So right. We are affected. Yeah. You know, we weep with those who weep. Yeah. And even as, you know, I said we're not directly confected, uh, confected, jeez. We're not directly affected. Um, yeah, like you said, they are brothers and sisters in Christ. I, there is someone on staff at the church that I work at um, who was hired just a few months ago. He's our facilities director, and he, his, uh, he does have a connection with the church. His wife's uncle, so his uncle-in-law, is the pastor of that church, and so they are um, especially grieving and you know, going back and forth between here and there. And so th- th- there is that connection, that personal connection, um, though it's separated by a few degrees. Um, but yeah, when we see stuff like this, I mean, there's just, again, there's just so much that, that goes on in your mind and your heart. And, um, so if you'll come with us, we're going to wade through these waters a little bit. <laughs> I know we started, um, it's kind of funny, we started the first episode by talking about Right, I think it was the first episode by talking about. Um, yeah, we another... talked about how um, how God is sovereign in the in bad things that happen. Yeah, and calamity. Bad. That's yeah. right. That's right. Because it was the it was the hurricane. That's what we were talking about. And then and then just a couple episodes ago, we talked about our story and how um, God was sovereign through our <laughs> through our. Um, screw-ups you know <laughs> through our sin, our sin um yeah. but also through yeah tragedy of losing loved ones close to us as well um so we're diving back into that but um, i think there's more to be said because like i said we're complex creatures and we're there are lots of different um aspects to grief and suffering and lament and mourning that uh, we haven't really touched on, but that are important to kind of think through. And I think especially there, 
at least from my experience, they're especially important to think through before tragedy happens. Yeah. Because in the moment, it's a lot more difficult to try to center yourself if you don't have the foundation of um, what I would say is a biblical worldview and a biblical way of looking at grief and suffering. Yeah. Um, you can kind of go off the rails, you know. Um, God says that his word does not return void, and we know that that means that either it will strengthen those who believe in it or it will harden the hearts of those who don't believe. Um, and I think suffering is like that as well. It can either draw you closer to God because you see his sovereignty and it forces you to trust him or it can push you away from God because uh, in anger and in disbelief and um, in our uh, just how we don't understand and how we don't have control. Um, we're our natural inclination is to be angry at the one who does or say that he just doesn't have control and there's no purpose behind anything, um, taking a nihilistic worldview. So I think it's really important to, yeah, wade through these waters beforehand. Um, that way it's not full as full of emotion when you're attempting to kind of think through. Cause it's a lot more difficult because this yeah. is just a difficult subject. <laughs> I mean, in general, it's just, it's hard. It sucks. Yeah. And I say it sucks. God is sovereign. He, he, he uses it. So I'm, I'm saying, I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth here. It sucks mm -hmm. from our perspective, but like God is glorious and he does as he wills and he's good. And so what he does is good. We just don't understand it a lot of the time. Yeah. But he also, he also says that you know, there is a time to grieve. So yes, certainly. So grieving is a process and it's a natural process and it's a good process. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there are, we can definitely grieve in not good ways, but yeah. Um, it is, it, it's, it's a process that, you know, the word says that we're going to go through. Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of just wanted to touch on like, obviously everyone grieves differently. I kind of just wanted to share like, I guess the way that we have grieved or um, are still grieving um, the loss of our loved ones. Um, so I don't know, maybe you haven't lost anyone really close to you yet um and so you haven't really had to to deal with this so prominently um but i mean like we said in a couple episodes ago uh josh lost his brother mm -hmm. um i don't know do you want to touch on how that what what your grieving process sort of looked like and what gave you like what helped you like what specifically sure yeah so um first off like you said i'm just going to reiterate it because i think it's so important to know right off the bat is that everyone grieves differently 
that it looks different. Um, because it can be really hard when, um, you're going through grief and mourning in a corporate context and in, in, so that it's not just you, but it affects multiple people. And to have someone very close to you grieve in a different way, it can seem like they're not grieving. Or, or that you're, you're not grieving the correct way. Or right, yeah. right. And that um, that's dangerous um, because then you can start to resent the other person or yourself, like you don't understand what's going on in your own heart. And um, that can cause all kinds of problems that can mm. just kind of snowball from yeah. grief. Um, so, so I think that's, that's the first thing. Uh, so how did I grieve, man? Well, I will say, um, and I think I'd mentioned this on the other episode, but I don't remember, um, leading up to my brother's death, um, a couple years before, um, a a friend of ours, of ours, of my family's, he, he was like my older brother's best friend. He was about to move in with my older brother. Um, he died in, uh, in it basically like a freak accident. Um, and, and that was really difficult. I mean, that was two years before my younger brother died, I think. Um, no, no, that was, was that 2008? Was it? I think so. Was it? Okay. So, well, that would be what? Three? Three, four years. Anyways, it was a few years before my brother passed away. Um, And and I think that kind of, in a way, that was a grace for me and for my family in that it kind of taught us, um, I was going to say how to grieve, but not necessarily. It, it, It showed us the, the reality of, of death, um, with someone who is still close to us, but not as close. So I, I think that had helped prepare, I say us, me in particular, um, to, to kind of go through that process again in a deeper and closer way. Uh, so, so walking through how I grieved, man, I mean, <laughs> Well, it's kind of it's kind of obvious right off to, right off the bat, you know, when I found out there was a lot of just mourning, um, being together with family and just weeping together. Um, yeah, I, I, again, we're complex creatures, and so it's difficult for me to even describe it because it's just, I mean, it's just sadness, overwhelming yeah. sadness. Um, it wasn't even it wasn't even the question of why or how, and and maybe that had to do with, with the circumstances of just like, because it was such a clean break in that, like he just died instantly. Mm -hmm. Um, and there wasn't really a reason behind it. You know, he veered off into another lane, um, and was in an accident. Like because of the finality of the situation, there weren't any questions right. necessarily. So my brain didn't even go there at first. You know, it was just my brother's gone and um, and I'm going to weep with my family. You know, I was with I was with my family. They called us over. Um, we went to their house and then they told us and um, we all just cried together basically all night. I mean, it was at least for a few yeah, hours. We stayed there for a few days afterwards. Mm hmm. Um, so being around people 
was um was a really good thing as well just to have people surrounding us as a family um so some of the things that happened is after i found out i immediately um maybe this is just the manly thing to do or the male <laughs> reaction is you kind of go into survival mode and i thought i wouldn't label it as male it's just what you did okay okay well there you go um and so i was thinking of like details so okay i need to tell people so i you know after after crying for a couple hours um you know i pulled out my phone and i started calling people and letting them know what had happened and they were extremely awkward phone calls and i didn't i didn't know how to tell people but i just told them um you know i asked for prayer uh, and of course everyone was um you know saying they were so sorry and they um you know whatever they could do to help but i also you know it's one of those things like you don't want someone to find out through facebook or through some other stupid you know social media <laughs> through yeah. a tweet or something mm-hmm. like that so i wanted to kind of come out in front of that and just let the people who are close to us know um as quickly as i could and and of course his friends as well um the people that were close to my younger brother let them know so anyways all that all that to say is that there were kind of just details that i needed to that i focused on which can be unhealthy um that can be a form of um of uh trying to get away from dealing with the problem i'm trying to think of the right word basically just yeah just trying to escape your emotions yeah 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 kind of an escapist thing of of just like okay well let's push that off to the side for now and just focus on these details so like calling people letting them know um what do we have to do about the car you know what do we have to do about um like how do you even set up a funeral like you know what what do we have to do and so i think i know i say this a lot i think there's a balance because there's that you there's that side of it where you are just trying to escape from dealing with your emotions. But then there's the other side of like, I guess the noble side of thinking of the other people involved. For instance, I I was just thinking I need to do this so that my parents don't have to do this, you know, so that no one else in my family has to do so that they can focus on, on mourning. So I think there's a balance, um, but I think you have to kind of know yourself and what mm-hmm. are you what are you attempting to do by trying to get these things right. done? Are are you trying to care for everyone else or are you just trying to yeah. run away from the pain? Well, and I, I think it's okay to to distract yourself a little bit. Obviously don't let that like go on. Yeah. Um but I mean I remember I remember when, you know, like your mom's side of the family came into town after that happened. And, um, you know, we were all, we were planning the funeral basically and all sitting around and all of us girls went, you know, shopping for something to wear the, to the funeral. Like that, that might sound weird. <laughs> like, oh, we went shopping for something to wear at a funeral. Like. I don't know, that might sound really like 
insensitive insensitive but that was just a way for us to like decompress right yeah um and just sort of get out of the house like not cry for a few minutes yeah and just sort of like not focus on it Mm -hmm. um for a little bit which i i think is i think it's good to do that um because you can really i mean honestly and just physically you can really um i don't know how to explain it and bring yourself to a bad place if that makes sense like um well yeah i mean if you're just spiral into depression right if you're just like wallowing in it like Mm -hmm. day and night like and not breathing (laughs) yeah you can really hurt yourself um yeah and i think that that's part of it that i I, that i also want to touch on is that okay so there was that aspect of it you know i went into kind of survival mode i think the other part um is that man i don't see any other way around it you need to be with people Yes, definitely. Um, you know, because we went through this as a family, we, like Samantha said, we, you know, we were at my parents' house for a few days. We just stayed there. Um, and so that that was very helpful to be around our family. But then also we had a lot of people from our church. And, and I mean, we had been going to the church for, what, maybe two years at this point? We hadn't been there that long. I had just been, I had just gotten on staff. I think I was on staff five, six months. Yeah, six months. I mean, yeah, we started going there in 2009. Yeah. And it happened in 2012. So, yeah, we'd been there. Right at two years. Yeah. Because because it was January. <clears throat> um, So, so it, it's funny no, how... No, it was longer than two years. Sorry. Because we started going there in 2009. In January. December of 2009. No, you're right. Yeah, it would have been December 2008. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So three years. Um, so I, I, I realized at that time, basically just how much our church cared for us, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You know, we, we were involved in the church. Obviously I was on staff. I had just come on staff. I'd only been there a few months. Yeah. I was on the worship team. But it really, um, it really became apparent with, you know, our, and we go to a larger church we, when we moved to the church that we go to now, Austin Oaks, uh, we were not used to a big congregation. I mean, we have, um, at that time, we had probably a little over a thousand people every Sunday. And so coming into a room of, you know, seven, eight hundred people for a church service was a huge difference because our previous church was like, it maxed out at 200. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was usually between 100, 150 people. So you kind of knew everyone. So it was a big difference going to this much bigger church. So that's why I say like we'd been there a couple of years, but we didn't really realize how much, I guess, people cared. And, and um, just the, the having our senior pastor come over and then just speak into this tragedy um, as a family and, and I guess just kind of affirm us as a family in what we were going through. I know that sounds really weird, but even just how, yeah, he just really spoke into that time. He said so many things that, um, I mean, I carry with me to this day, um, that were very, uh, poignant and very, um, helpful in, in walking through 
that time of grief. But then also the other pastors on staff who would come by and just bring food, you know, and just be with us and not, not try and like, uh, go, go deep into the layers of what we were going through. No, just like, just to provide. Yeah. 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 Is there anything I can do? Yeah. I mean, people that I didn't even know were like coming over, bringing tons and tons of food. Oh my goodness. Your parents had so much food. (laughs) I mean, they literally have a huge freezer in their garage and another refrigerator in their garage. And I'm pretty sure it was, everything was full. Like there was no room to put any, there were like what, three hams in the freezer. It was crazy. Like just the amount of just everything that was provided. I mean, BJ brought Chipotle and Mm -hmm. even like, okay, this isn't me. This I love Chipotle because of this reason. Um, and because Chipotle is just delicious. Anyways, but um, because he's a regular at Chipotle, so he went over there and asked them for like a ton of food. Well, he was just ordering it, right? He was and they ordering asked him it. Yeah, why. they asked him why, and he Cause said because he's a regular and he usually gets one burrito, right. you yeah, know? like a normal person. <laughs> yeah, and they asked him why he was getting so much food, and you know, he told them that you know a family and a part of his congregation like lost their son and they were like oh my goodness well you take it you know like you can have it all for free like yeah yeah and, it was probably like 15 burritos yeah i mean it was a ton of chipotle and they just gave it to him yeah because they knew him and and this affected him um pretty deeply too because he was close with my younger brother he was excuse the me youth so pastor, bj yeah. yeah bj's the youth pastor he was, was at youth, that time yeah. the youth pastor at our church and him and my younger brother were were pretty close like they were in he, he was doing a bible study with three guys in the youth uh well no who were in college um and so he was getting real close to three specific guys and my younger brother was one of them and and even when i talked with him i mean he said that he had never lost someone as close as my younger brother so this was something new for him too um to go through that grieving process um i will never forget his funeral your brother's funeral. Oh, gosh. Yeah. We packed out. You know, there were probably it, a thousand people there. It, yeah. Uh, that was a huge just testimony to who your brother was yeah. for me. Like, I mean, I loved your brother, obviously. Yeah. Like, we were pretty close. But, yeah, just to, like, be standing up there with, I think I was standing up there with Elaine while she was talking. Oh, man. And just to see everyone out there, like it, it was, there were people even like standing because like mm-hmm. literally all the chairs were taken up. Yeah. Like it was, it was insane. Like yeah. how many people were there, like how mm-hmm. many people he had touched. And and even the reports that we were getting back of like my parents' neighbors who had been thinking about going to church for a long time, but never really did. Um, like came to the funeral and were really like surprised with, you know, funerals are a great opportunity and please don't take this the wrong way, but it's a great opportunity to, pre- to present the gospel because, yeah. because the, like the focal point of our faith is that our God condescended to earth, became human, r- knows us in our grief and our sin and died so death is inextricably connected with the message, the good news that we have. 
is that we have a hope because our God became human and died on our behalf Mm -hmm. and he resurrected and he conquered death. So now we have this hope. So it's just this great, um, in the time when we are most vulnerable and we see our finality in this life, um, it's just such a, uh, an amazing thing that we as Christians can actually have hope in that moment of uncertainty. Um, so, so that to say is that the gospel was preached at his funeral. And so it was a great, um, I mean, it was a great funeral if I can say that. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. And, and so many people said that as well, but there were so many people there, I mean, who loved him and so many people who just wouldn't have come to church otherwise, who Mm -hmm. were able to hear the gospel because of that. Um, yeah. And that's part of this whole aspect of God's ways are higher than our ways. <laughs> if I was God, my brother would not have died. You know, yeah. um, I would not have chosen that. And yet God does things to glorify himself and things that we can never understand. But sometimes we can see little, little reasons. We can see just barely a part of what God's doing. God's doing a million things at once. And we can see maybe, you know, two or three of those things. I think, I think John Piper said something like that once. <laughs> um, and one of those reasons for me when, when we were going through that whole process was that funeral and how it drew people to the church to hear the mm-hmm. gospel and how awesome that that was. Uh, I mean, even, even people who hadn't gone to church who were saying that they wanted to go to church now because it was such a it was such a beautiful funeral and, and the gospel was preached and like, it was made clear that we have hope in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's even good that can come from tragedy, which doesn't make sense unless you have a God who uses suffering, who um, actually went through the ultimate form of suffering right. on our behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have that, then suffering is meaningless right um and i think that's kind of putting the cart before the horse because we were talking about what um how we process grief i Mm -hmm. think that at the end of it all is is the whole point of it is that god is in control um uh, but i was talking about community and how it was extremely important just to be around people and to have um just to be comforted You know, in, in suffering and in grief, I think a lot about the story of Job and yeah. what that reveals about God, but also um, about the human aspect of Job's friends and how, uh, I can't remember who said it, but, but it's been said by some that his friends, um, <laughs> the best thing that they do in the story is when they come and sit with him and don't say a word. It's only after they open their mouths that they screw everything up. Um, and, and I think that's true, is is just being with people and, and being comforted by people um, is extremely important because you kind of process through these things with other people, which is which is really helpful because otherwise you can just kind of ball up and and like you said, it can spiral into depression. 
um, and you can become obsessed with grief and that's unhealthy but it's also unhealthy to just stuff it down and act like nothing ever happened because it affects you um and it it affects the rest of your life i'll never be the same uh for better and for worse you know Mm -hmm. um and and i have to you know i have to deal with that (laughs) i can't i can't just stuff that down um so community is extremely important the other thing that I was going to say, um, and this kind of ties into community, is that one of the things um, I remember, I remember that night when it when we found out, you know, we stayed the night at my parents' house. I remember waking up early the next morning before anyone else did, and um, I just wasn't tired. You know, I mean, it's it's hard to even imagine, you know, eating or sleeping during that time. Um, but I woke up early. And I was kind of done crying, if that makes any sense. You know, the previous night there was a lot of crying. Um, but I remember going to the computer and seeking out just some of the songs. You know, I'm a music nerd. I like music. And, I, you know, being an emo kid, uh, obviously <laughs> there are lots of songs about um, grief. Uh, now, a lot of them are pretty juvenile songs about <laughs> grief, but... Um, in particular, there were two songs that I kind of sought out because they were by Christian people who I respected that talk about death. And, um, they were, if you, if you want to listen to, maybe I can put a link in the description. Here you go. Um, there's one song by a band called As Cities Burn, and the song is called Tommy. And it is about Mm -hmm. a friend of theirs who committed suicide. And there's no resolution in the song. It doesn't say that everything's okay. It's purely a song written about the grief that that this person, that the writer is going through because of the death of their friend. There's a really poignant... Uh, I'm, so this is why I love emo music, right? Um, there's a very poignant line that the singer yells basically. So you can feel it very, um, very, it, it's very vivid. It comes through very well. Um, you can feel his passion. Yeah. And he, he just yells, tell me I'm only dreaming. Tell me he's just sleeping. When the morning comes, we'll both wake up to the sun. And um, I remember listening to that song on repeat in the morning and just bawling. Uh, sorry, I'm getting emotional right now. Um, and just crying because the song, uh, encapsulated my feelings as well. The emotion that came through in that song, I, um, identified with a lot. And uh, so in the context of community, I needed to feel that I wasn't alone. And Mm -hmm. that song helped me feel that. Um, and the other song is by Thrice. Dustin Kensrue wrote a song about his mother dying. And um trying to remember the name of that song. Is that the one that you played? Yeah. Yeah. I was really impressed. I don't know if I ever told you this, but I was really impressed that you even played a song at your brother's wedding. Yeah. Or brother's wedding. Well, I mean, sort of. <laughs> Um, at your brother's funeral, um, just because I guess I don't know. 
for myself, I just wouldn't have been able to do that. Wouldn't I, have been able to get through it. I don't know how I did. Um, and I know I didn't, I didn't hit all the notes properly <laughs> um, because I was so emotional, but um, I don't know how I did it either. I, yeah, I, it was, it was God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I can't explain it. Um, okay. So the song is off of Thrice's album, Major Minor, which I, I actually, the last concert that I went to with my younger brother was a Thrice concert. And um, they were touring after putting out this album, Major Minor. And I remember I went and bought the album on vinyl and gave it to my younger brother. Like he was waiting in line and I like pushed my way because a line at a concert like that is not a line. It's just a ton (laughs) of people um, pushing up against the merch table. And I went and I I talked to him and he said he was going to get it on vinyl and it was around his birthday. And so I like went to the other side of the table and kind of like found a way to get in line before him and bought it. And then gave it to him. He was like, dude, thanks. And now I own it, um, that copy that I gave to him. So there's there's even uh, that connection uh, of this album. But the last song on the album is a song called Disarmed. And it's so good because it's basically just scripture. And it mm-hmm. talks about how, um, how death doesn't have the final word. Um, I'm thinking of the, the bridge. There's a line that says, uh, and this is where the title of the song comes from. It says, now, talking about death, now that you have been disarmed, we will cross over unharmed. And so just the hope of that song really helped me as well um, in that morning after after I found it, in the morning after uh, he passed away. Um, so those two songs in particular really helped me through, and it, it showed me that I wasn't alone and that, you know, some of these, these heroes, <laughs> these people making music that I really like, um, have gone through, you know, the same things that I'm going through as well. So all that to say is that community is important. Mm-hmm. Sorry for rambling. Um, but that was a part of my grief process. I know that morning, especially I cried a lot after that night. And honestly, I didn't cry much after that. Um, there have definitely been times where I, I have cried over it, but, um, I think I was, I was done with extended periods of crying. Yeah. Yeah, I think for both of us, it seemed um, to work out sort of similar in that, you know, when you initially find out, it's just like weeping and weeping and weeping. And then after that, it's sort of like this roller coaster of emotion of like, not thinking about it and then it just like hitting you all of a sudden and Mm -hmm. crying and then you know being okay and and then like like uh, or i know at least for me that's how it was Mm it's like either i wasn't thinking about it or i was thinking about it and crying or i was thinking about it and not crying it was like yeah just you know for a cliche phrase an emotional roller coaster um but yeah so was there anything else that like specifically helped you the those were those were the key moments for me um and and the key things that you know like like we talked about in the previous episode 
um, there were some unhealthy things that I did, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, I didn't know how to kind of engage life. I, I, I did a lot more thinking and processing on my own, um, and, and not communicating very well on my own afterwards. But I think, mm-hmm. but in terms of grief, in terms of like sorrow yeah. and sadness, um, those were kind of the key moments for me. Yeah. And it, it's like, we're not saying that you shouldn't sit on your bed alone and cry. Like, no, that's, no. that's, that's natural. That's going to happen. Yeah. Like, um, you don't have to be around people 24 seven after you lose someone. Um, but just in general, like, I mean, yeah, in general, community is really important, but especially when you're going through something like that, like having people around you to encourage you to just be there with you, go through it with you. Yeah. Like you said, knowing you're not alone, um, people there to cry with you, to provide for you. Mm-hmm. It's really important. Um, so, uh, what was it? Four years after that happened? Yeah. Was it four years later? Yeah, because we're coming up on six years for your brother. Mm-hmm. And we I just hit the, we just hit the two-year mark with my mom. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's four years later. Um, Four years later after that, uh, after your brother passed away, my mom passed away. And it, another just very sudden yeah. death. Um, she was only 49. Mm-hmm. She wasn't even sick. Like, it just passed away in her sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a little more than two weeks away from my due date with Oliver at that point. Yeah. Um. So, grieving was different (laughs) for me to say the least um well i mean like i said like when i initially found out it was just like you know collapse on the floor tears like uncontrollable tears um and and then when we went over to my grandparents' house to be with my family, um, yeah, just again, uncontrollable tears. Like it, it, and it wasn't just like crying. It was like my whole body was just felt like it felt like I, like I couldn't breathe. Like mm-hmm. I, like just all the wind had been knocked out of me. I didn't have any strength. Like it was, yeah, it was just, my whole body was affected. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I have so many people like there with me to grieve with me, but also because I had this little baby inside of me, you know, telling me to calm down so I don't like, you know, upset the baby or, um, so the grieving process for me was really hard at that time. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I couldn't, I couldn't just like 
cry and cry and cry and cry and cry like mm-hmm. I wanted to. Um, you know, I couldn't, um, like I remember with Davy, like, and obviously this is not a great way or a great aspect of grieving, but like I barely ate for a while. Like, you know, it's just, it, it affects your entire body, you know, yeah. your, um, and I, I guess that was sort of a good thing that I had all of her living inside of me mm-hmm. at that point. Cause, yeah. <clears throat> because I had this little baby to focus on, um, you know, I had to, I had to stay hydrated. I had to keep eating, you know, I, mm-hmm. um, had to focus on him and not so much what was going on at the time. Um, so really like after that, the, after the day that I found out, I didn't really cry for months, Mm -hmm. like afterwards. Um, Uh, even at the funeral, my mom's funeral, I didn't cry. Um, and I felt horrible for not crying, but it was just like, I was sort of like in sh- in shock still, but mm-hmm. I also like didn't want to be upset because I didn't want to upset Oliver. And, um, but one thing I remember that, um, Obviously, community really helped, you know, our uh, church family surrounding us, providing meals for us and mm. um, supporting us, praying for us. Um, one thing that I'll just never forget um, was at the funeral, we had an open casket. And I I was afraid to to look at my mom's body um just because i i didn't know emotionally what was going to happen to me when yeah. i when i saw her um and but they before the funeral started um before they opened the doors for people to sit um they had the family there uh to view the body before anyone else mm-hmm. um, before the funeral started. And so I was like, okay, you know, if I, if I don't do this now, I'm never, I'm never going to get the chance basically. Yeah. Um, to look at her one last time. Uh, sorry, I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but when I saw her, it was like, I was so afraid to look at her. And then I looked at her and it, it wasn't her. It, it was like this huge weight was lifted off of me. Mm-hmm. And it was comforting to look at her and know that she wasn't in there. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. this was just a vessel that I'm looking at. Like my mom's not in there. Mm-hmm. That's not her. And it made me happy. <laughs> like I, maybe that sounds weird, but. <clears throat> There's a sense of closure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it, it just, it brought it home for me so much more like that this isn't our home. 
Yeah. You know, like these bodies are just vessels. And yeah, my mom wasn't in there. My mom was with the Lord. Yeah. So that was really comforting. Um and and I felt the same way when when we did the viewing for your brother. Yeah, definitely. Um definitely. And uh so yeah, anyways, all that to say. <laughs> um that was really comforting and just having people around me was good. Um, but it probably wasn't f- until like six months after it happened, after she passed, um, that I guess it really hit me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, then started like the emotional roller coaster of like just randomly crying during the day or, yeah. you know, like starting to lose sleep again, having a little bit of trouble eating. Cause I mean, Ollie was, Ollie was almost six months at that point. Um, so yeah, yeah. I had this little baby I had to focus on. Yeah. I wasn't really focusing on my mom not being there mm-hmm. so much. Um, yeah. And, and well, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say that, um, it was incredibly comforting having you there and knowing that you knew how I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously you just being there was a comfort, but to know that you knew what I was going through, you know, like you had lost your brother. Mm-hmm. Um, we went through that together. And so when my mom passed away, it wasn't this huge, like, slam to our relationship, you know? It's like, we've we've been through this. Um, we know what not to do in this situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, that was, that was incredibly helpful. Yeah. But what yeah. were you going to say? Right. Well, I was just going to say, again, back to the, the whole, like, complexity. You can't just take these things um, away from everything else. Like, there's still the circumstances of life. There's yeah. still multiple things you're going through at the same time. And and I think that um, what made it even more challenging is, especially because it was so close to Ollie's birth, um, not only the passing of your mom, but also thinking that she didn't get to see all of her. Yeah, that was a huge. Um, yeah, just kind of compounded the tragedy, if that makes any sense. Yeah, because she was so excited to yeah. be a grandma. She was so excited to meet him. Yeah. Um, and so the. Yeah, just that to say is that your circumstances affect these things so deeply as mm-hmm. well. Um, you know, well, when yeah, I David about was brother, engaged. Exactly. Yeah. They were, they were months away from getting married and moving to a new city and, you know, starting their life together. So, um, there are all these things you can't, it's where I want to take that is, is saying, yes, like you said, it's a comfort to know that people have gone through the same things, but also from the other side, um, don't assume because you've been through something similar that, 
the person going through something like this, uh, that you know exactly what they're going through. Right. Um, I, I think, yeah, that's unhelpful to assume that. Um, it can be, it can really hurt um, because you're not going through the exact same thing mm-hmm. that they are. Um, it's, it's, it's different for each person. So comfort is, you know, be, being there in community comfort, having someone there is, is really important. But I would caution against saying that I understand how you feel. Um, you know, I think it's helpful to say something like, I've been through something similar and I'm so sorry you're going through this. And here's, you know, what I did. Here's what helped me. Making it more about your experience rather than saying, I know, I know what you're going through. I lost someone too. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't emotionally, you're not the same person and circumstantially, there's so many other factors that play into what's going on. Yeah, that's true. Um, that you can't know exactly. You didn't go through the exact same thing. You just didn't. Um, I mean, even, even like I mentioned on the previous episode, my way of grieving through my brother and my youngest sister, who is a teenager, were very different because we were just emotionally different people. Mm-hmm. Um, we had different experiences, even though it was the exact same thing that happened to us. Our circumstances were totally different. You know, she didn't have, she didn't have a spouse to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, just a caution there, comforting someone who's grieving um, doesn't mean offering advice. Yeah. It doesn't mean, um, it doesn't mean you can fix the problem or even attempting to fix the problem for them um, because you can't. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a problem. Something like this in someone's life is an ellipsis. It's not a period. Mm-hmm. Um, it continues on and grief doesn't just end. Right. I'm, I mean, I don't know. I could be wrong about this, but I, I would say that, I mean, grieving lasts the rest of your life yeah you know like yeah it takes different forms and certainly you know there's the adage time heals all wounds it doesn't heal but it does a little the caveat to that is there's always going to be a scar yeah you know there it's always going to be a pressure point it's always gonna um feel different uh, like i said i i love talking about my younger brother i think davy was is awesome mm-hmm. you know and i love it just yeah, thinking about him and talking about him. So it doesn't hurt like it used to. So there is there's healing that has happened. Um, but there are days when I'm when, yeah, it sucks to know that he's not here and I just wish he was here. Um, so yeah, it is something that, yeah, will affect the rest of your life in mm-hmm. one way or another. Um Yeah. Did you have anything else that you wanted to say? I wanted to wrap up by saying two other things, but Yeah, I mean and grieving doesn't just mean that you've had to like lose someone, mm-hmm. you know, like we should, you know, scripture says we should grieve over sin. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, grieving is something that we should be experiencing um, or grief is something that we should be experiencing if if we're believers. Yeah. Um, you know, no matter if we've lost someone close to us or not, like 
we should be grieving over the sin of the world, over our own sin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's going to look different over like losing someone close to you, but right. Um, but grieving is <laughs> something that's you're going to do if you're a believer. Yeah, so. it's universal yeah. experience, certainly. Um, and that's actually something I didn't touch or I, I just kind of mentioned in passing when I was going to these songs to help me through my grieving process is that we have a wealth of of this kind of community, I guess, in the Psalms of Scripture. There are so many Psalms of lament where yeah. the psalmist is able to come to God and ask, where are you? <laughs> you know, what... I, um, you know, my bones waste away within me and my enemies surround me. And why have you forsaken me? Um, and that is powerful to know that someone filled with the Holy Spirit speaking God's word can come to God and genuinely ask, why am I going through this? It validates emotion it validates pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. It says that these things are real. The yeah. grief you're experiencing is real. It You're not supposed mm-hmm. to just brush it away and say that, um, oh, well, God's in control. Right. Um, you're not supposed to, it, there are scriptures that say, you know, in rejoice in all things, right? Um, mm-hmm. Rejoice in suffering. So yes, while that is true, um, that doesn't mean don't suffer. That it doesn't. Yes, yeah. exactly. It validates it. It says that this is a real thing that you're going through and coming to the Lord with your frustration and with your s- profound and deep sadness is healthy. It's something you ought to be doing is going to the Lord with all of these feelings even feelings of accusation against God. What mm-hmm. have you done? Why are you doing this? Oh God. Yeah. Who Well, and it puts it in such an an amazing light like how all of scripture is God breathed. So even though like this these psalms uh that we're talking about were written by David um or they were written by the Holy Spirit through David. So it's mm-hmm. like God saying, this is how I want you to do this. Like mm-hmm. this, I want you to bring these things to me. I want you right. to bring your frustration to me. I want mm-hmm. you to bring your anger to me. I want you to bring your sadness to me, your grief, your mourning to me. And this is how that can look, mm-hmm. you know. Like yeah. he just lays it out for us. <laughs> right, right. It's like a blueprint for, yeah. for suffering and enduring. Um, and and the beauty of that too is that most of the Psalms of lament, not all of them, but most of these Psalms kind of take a turn towards, they, they come with this with these frustrations to God and they turn into seeing God because that's the beauty of prayer is that we come focused on ourself and we leave focused on God, yeah, on who God is. And it causes us to 
find a sense of peace. Um, you know, the, it's kind of cliched, but it's what scripture says, the peace that passes understanding mm -hmm. that we can't, we don't, we don't understand how this works, that you can have peace in such a difficult time. And that's yeah. the beauty of even the situation in Sutherland Springs is that the pastor of that church, um, he's on TV proclaiming how he doesn't understand, but he knows that God is good. Um, and that type of peace is not found in anything in the world. It's not found in yourself. You can't uh, dig deep in your own heart, and find that peace. Um, what you'll find is, yeah, anger and, and all kinds of all kinds of unhealthy um, sin. Mm -hmm. um, but but God coming to God with with your emotion, with your overwhelming emotion, causes you to look towards Him. I think in a in some sense, it causes you to reflect on yourself as well. Because when you see who God is, then you see yourself in light of who God is, and you begin to realize um, so much more about yourself and about God and about what you're going through. One of the things that I mentioned earlier that our, our senior pastor had said that really kind of spoke to me um, was he said that he compared the suffering of losing my brother to... Um, the suffering of God sending his son to die and how God can relate to mm. us in our suffering, in our grief, because he has experienced that grief in the death of his son. And in the death of his son, he didn't deserve it. Right. Uh, so it, it, even more so, God knows so you, you can see these things when you come to God with you, with what you're with your burden with mm -hmm. what you're carrying because otherwise you yeah you ball up and you just you spiral into depression or you push it away and you just say everything is meaningless um but it, it was it's such a comfort to know that God understands <laughs> and that he wants you to come to him even with yeah your hurt and your pain. And um, like I touched on earlier, like the pastor of this church is saying, I think we learn from Job and, and it would, you would do very well. I would say, I mean, I'll jump forward to the recos here, <laughs> read and study the book of Job. Um, it has been pivotal in my life as a Christian to understand that God is sovereign over all things, over things that we don't like. Right. Um, but at the end of Job, to summarize, study all of it, but to summarize, <laughs> Job sees God and Job is undone. <laughs> mm -hmm. Job says, God's ways are true. And I know who it is that my trust is placed in and I, I will trust him because of his good character. God does not give Job reasons for what happened. Right. We can see in retrospect because of scripture, part of the reason why God did it was there was this spiritual battle going on. Mm -hmm. Job never saw that. Right. All he saw was the calamity. And God didn't tell him about that. Mm -hmm. God didn't say, oh, well, this was a wager between me and the devil. He didn't. He said, who are you, O oh man? Look at the wonders that I have done. And because he showed him his character, 
Job was able to see that God is good in all that he does. And Job trusted in God. Well, and where was it? Is it in Romans? Where Paul, Paul is saying, you know, like, who are you, O man, to question God? Yeah. Can the potter say to the clay, why have you made me? Right. Romans 9, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, like that, like the pastor of Sutherland, the Southern Springs church saying like, he doesn't know. Exactly. But God does. Yeah. And, and we don't he have puts to. his trust in, in God. Yeah. Yeah. And that's powerful. It's mm-hmm. powerful to understand. And this is why I'm bringing it all back why you ought to, as a Christian, study these things before they happen. Um, It's very difficult to understand these things in the midst of grief for the first time. They become real. They become experiential. It's, it certainly compounds these things. And it's difficult to, in the, it's difficult, even if you know these things, um, it's difficult to apply them, certainly. Um, But you also ought to have that foundation before um, you're plunged into the middle of something like this. Um, and it's helpful even in community to help others grieve when you understand these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you're not like Job's friends. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Saying that, oh, it's your sin that caused this. Job's friends were trying to give Job answers. Right. God doesn't give an answer. He shows himself, and that's that's his answer. I feel He's, like Job's friends were sort of like prosperity gospel believers. Well, sort of. I mean, they just believed in the whole retribution principle of if God gives blessings for righteousness and curses for um, for unrighteousness, then therefore, because you have been cursed, they flip it around because you have been cursed. Therefore, you are unrighteous. Mm. Um, they they mishandle the covenant of God yeah. um, by implication of what his covenant says. They, yeah. So so there's a lot. I mean, there's it's complex. What's going on there? Don't be like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, dude, there's still so much more to say on this subject, um, but I think we're gonna. Cut it off here unless there's anything else you need to say or you'd like to say, excuse me. No, no I'm good. Think All right. Good. Um, but for my recos, I'm just going to roll right into, you know, what I said earlier. I'm going to put those two songs, um, just some YouTube clips if you want to listen to those in the description. Um, and then also study the book of Job. Get, um, you know, like we said in, in last episodes about uh, episode about Bible study, uh, read through it. But then also take a look at commentaries, take a look at study Bibles to understand the context a bit more, to understand what's going on. Uh, it's a big book, um, but there there's so much difficult, complex stuff that's going on yeah. in that book. So those are my recos, Job and songs. How about you? Um, I would say read through the Psalms. Psalms, yes. Also very good. And there's so much context and history in those too. Yeah. That's really important. Yeah. Um, so yeah. All right. Well, um, 
We're going to be signing off here. If you do want to contact us, you can talk to us um, by emailing us at so talk to me podcast at gmail.com. You can catch us on Twitter. Our handle is at so underscore talk to me. Um, you can hit us up with any recos that you may have, or if you have any subjects that you'd like us to talk about. Um, we did get a, a, a subject tweeted at us this past Shout week. Shout out Logan. Hey, um, and yeah, that will definitely, that is in the coffer. Um, uh, we will, when we have more thoughts about that, uh, his, his reco was parenting. And so we'll, I'm sure we'll have an episode on parenting or how not to parent, you know, how we parent <laughs> and what we're doing, how we're screwing our kids. Up. <laughs> um, we'll definitely have that cause we don't know what we're doing. That's the, that, that's the secret of parenting. No Pray one for knows us. What doing. <laughs> yeah, but we got some awesome kids. Uh, we're blessed. Um, so any, but yes, that helps if you want to, um, recommend some stuff for us to talk about yeah definitely because we're always we record on tuesday mornings and monday afternoon we're always like so what do you want to talk about what tomorrow we do? <laughs> and then i'm like oh that's only going to be a 20 minute podcast and then we go for an hour <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, or or i'm like oh, i'll let sam talk most in this episode because i don't have anything to say on it and then and then you end up talking the whole just time just end up steamrolling the entire <laughs> thing because that's what i do which is weird. If you met me in real life, I'm, I'm generally kind of quiet unless you get me into my element. Then I'll like bust out. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a weird guy. I'm strange. I, as I'm sure you know from this podcast because you probably know me anyway. Okay. Anyways, that's from this then. Rambling. Right? Yeah. Rambling. That's what I do. Okay. Well, so till next time. Go talk to your spouse. Talk to your spouse and talk to people. If you don't have a spouse, go talk to someone. Yeah. Go have coffee with someone. Go have coffee with a married couple. Why not? Become go a part of a small out. group. Yes. Go talk to one of your elders. Go talk to a pastor. Communication talk. is important. Yes. So do it, bro or sis. I don't know. That sounds weird to say. <laughs> sister. Okay. Sister, so till next time. <laughs> Bye, guys. See you. Wanna be ya? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, good grief. I said, I said, sister, sister. So I had to. Oh,